0: Hi, my name is Romessi, and you're listening to the IDH Sustainable Trade Podcast. I'm the Chief Investment Officer of the FarmFit Fund. Today's podcast is about a new approach to realize smallholder farmer finance the IDH FarmFit Fund, which was launched last month during the World Economic Forum in Davos. Also, I will talk to Catalina Eikenberg and Caroline Ehrensberg from the Neumann Café Group. They talk about their sustainable sourcing strategy and the role that de-risking financing can take within this strategy. IDH started a pilot in 2014 named Innovative Finance, whereby we used grant funding to de-risk financing deals by commercial financial institutions in order to crowd them in, into a space, pharma financing, which otherwise would be uh, impossible for them to engage in. We have done a couple of transactions with financial institutions such as AMRO Bank, Rabobank, uh, the IFC and FMO, which were templates for transactions that the FarmFit uh, fund will be doing. Due to the success of these transactions, we decided as IDH to establish the FarmFit Fund. The FarmFit Fund is not something that uh, is standalone. It's part of the FarmFit approach, which is broader than financing uh, only. FarmFit exists of three pillars. First, we have FarmFit Business Support. This is a grant-funded facility and a team that develops smallholder business models within a value chain approach. The fund finances transactions that benefit smallholder farmers, both in on-lending to smallholder farmers, but also other type of investments which benefit uh, smallholder farmers. With the fund, which is a $100 million fund, and the guarantee facility, which is also managed by IDH, we expect to build up a portfolio in excess of, of $1 billion. The FarmFit Intelligence Center, which is the third leg of the FarmFit approach, Data are collected and lessons learned are disseminated to the market. And we expect that other financial institutions, but also commercial companies will follow the lessons learned and will continue to finance smallholder uh, farmer value chains following what FarmFit has done so far. The vision of FarmFit is that doing business with, uh, with farmers, with smallholder farmers, can be commercially interesting. And from a financing perspective, with the FarmFit Fund, we want to prove that farmer finance can grow into a new asset class, which on the longer term can do without any donor support and can be a commercial interesting opportunity for financial institutions and for for value chain actors as well. Okay, uh, on the line we have uh, Catalina Eikenberg and Caroline Ehrensberger from the Neumann Café Gruppe. Uh, welcome. First of all, I would like to congratulate you with the NKG Smallholder Livelihoods Facility being shortlisted for the 2019 ACT Deal of the Year. Uh, congratulations, ladies.
1: Thank you. Thank you very much.
0: Yeah, already I said something about NKG Bloom. Please, can you elaborate on the overall NKG Bloom uh, strategy
1: plan? Sure. NKG Bloom is our long-term sustainable sourcing strategy, which is designed to address poverty in coffee communities and at the same time strengthen our business. The way it works is that we are setting up and strengthening farmer services units within our export companies in Africa, Asia, and Latin America. So these units are permanent departments that are fully dedicated to designing and providing tailor-made services to smallholder farmers to enable them to run their farms at full potential. So access to finance is normally at the heart of every service package, and it is normally accompanied by training and also access to markets so that finance is not something that we provide in isolation. And we've set ourselves a goal to reach 300,000 coffee farming families in 10 countries by 2030.
0: Caroline, question for you. FarmFit Business Support did also analysis in a number of countries for uh, Neumann Cafe Group. Can you tell a little bit more about that and the, the insights that, uh, that gave you?
2: So for us, like we as Norman Kruppel have been sourcing coffee for almost a hundred years now. So our staff on the ground already has a lot of knowledge. However, the like IDH um, coming in and supporting us on these service delivery model studies has really helped our exporter companies to kind of structure and really think into more depth about um, what farmers need and what is actually the services they're offering before people sometimes would just tell yeah like we're doing this and this and forget about something so it really helped to put in the complete picture and to also see what our competitors doing so from there it gives you a really good starting point this is what we're already doing and this is our target group and this is where we can take our service offer in the future so I think it's really to have this in-depth and external viewpoint on what you're actually doing and who your target group is that really help our export companies to structure their services going forward and to also have an ambitious vision in terms of impact on farmer livelihoods and numbers of farmers they want to reach.
0: And was it also the insights from the SDM analysis, were they also implemented in the service offering to the farmers?
2: In Kenya, for example, um, there's like a lot of... Actually, also have, for example, an, um, like a segmentation of the cooperatives we're working with um, based on how far they are already as a cooperative and how good our relationship with them. So based on this, there's different service packages that are being offered. And I think it became very clear also for our local staff to kind of have this improvement pathway of um, cooperatives um, and their members. Um, So there it's, we are like really putting into place like the vision that was developed um, during the service delivery model study. In Colombia, I think we are, well, we are we're about to start the implementation. We really hope that um, this year this will take up and we can actually put it into practice. And another study that was done was within Mexico. So I think the model was already ongoing, but it really helped to kind of rethink or like improve the setup to enable it for more scale. And Catalina, you want to add anything on Colombia moving forward?
1: No, I think in, in Colombia the SDM was let's say a, low, a a forward-looking SDM. So in my mind, we've between the different analysis we've done, there's some that focus more on like analyzing the existing service offer so that it can be fine-tuned, improved, and scaled, for example, in Mexico. And then in Colombia, it was more like We didn't have a fully fledged service offer. We had mostly a very strong training component. And through this SDM, what we did is more like take a step back in terms of how should we structure the farmer services unit? What are the other pieces of the bundle of this package that we should provide? What is the cost of that? So it was more like creating a business for the Farmer Services Unit. So, I think overall the tool is very flexible and we've been able to use it in different ways depending on the stage of development that the Farmer Services Unit has in a specific country.
0: And can you explain how NKG Bloom strengthen your business?
1: So the overarching goal of NKG Bloom is to strengthen our sourcing capacity. So we provide all of these services with the aim to create a very sticky relationship with farmers to get closer to them so that they will ultimately sell their coffee to us. A lot of the financing that we do is not in cash, but more in goods that are provided to them, like fertilizer or other inputs, and we encourage them to pay us back with coffee beans because our core business of trading coffee is primarily volume-based, then our whole point here is to increase our volumes. I think it's very important to make it clear that we're not aiming to make a margin on the services per se, And also, we do give farmers the option to pay us back in cash so as to be fully transparent that if they, you know, they see a better price for their coffee somewhere else, they are free to do that and then pay us back, for example, via mobile money or in cash. But we do encourage them to pay us back with coffee beans.
0: Okay, thank you. And you explained that NKG Bloom is uh, targeting 300,000 farmers in a number of countries. But will the approach also have an impact on how you work with smallholders globally throughout the whole business?
1: Yes. The 10 countries that we will be working with are basically all core coffee origins for us. And we do expect that these will grow with time. So it's not like a project that will begin and then end, but rather it is meant to be a segment of our business, let's say, where we see a lot of potential for growth. This is also because all of the coffee that comes from NKG Bloom farmers, so farmers that are receiving our services, came to sell as a differentiated coffee that has an impact story behind it.
0: One of the things that I came across is that you work with farmer segmentation and also risk profiles in your financing. Can you tell us a little bit more about that?
1: Yes, so we have tried different types of segmentation and ultimately we've come to the realization that farmer segmentation is a very blurry and costly exercise, especially for very small, small holders who are informal. Basically, it's very hard to get reliable data on these farmers so as to construct any type of ser- segmentation. What we've done is that we base our loan approvals on what we see as the clearest and most reliable kind of data points, which are transactional data, meaning, let's say, the, the transactions where farmers sell their coffees Why is this reliable? Because normally somewhere, even if it's in pen and paper, somebody has recorded an amount of coffee that was sold, the price, and an overall amount of money that the farmer received for that sale. This is very different in terms of the nature of the data versus if you ask a farmer how much coffee did you produce last year, right? Like the farmer may give you an answer that is like, 90% correct or maybe 50% correct, we don't know. We've been making a very big effort and actually one of the strongest work streams of NKG Bloom is around digitizing payments in this last mile of the supply chain. So that initial transaction between a farmer and a farmer group or between a farmer and us we are coming in with a company called Fieldbus. So they, they have what we call a mobile field solution where through a smartphone, you can record these transactions. And we're moving a lot of farmer groups that we work with from working pen and paper going into digital so that then based on that set of transactional data, we can approve loans. And the loan is normally basically correlated to the value of the past year's sales of that farmer minus a haircut, of course. And then once we begin with, a let's say, a conservative loan to that farmer, we give the farmer the opportunity to pay us back and create a track record of repayments and again of transactions of coffee sales based on which we can lend them more. Ultimately, the segmentation It's more like we give the opportunity basically to every farmer to work with us because all they need to do is sell some coffee to us. That's the starting point. The moment they record one transaction with us, the process begins. So based on that one transaction we begin lending and as they show through repayments and through their overall performance of coffee deliveries then we can grow with them. Now. The one segment that I must admit is very complex here is farmers that are below a quarter of a hectare of planted coffee because that's just normally too small. It gets too expensive for us to you know, do loans that are below maybe $30 in size. It's just way too costly to operate it. But then with time, what we aim is we can move into what I guess one can call riskier segments, which is more like riskier loan products because when the farmer shows us on a track record that they can pay back, then we can make longer-term loans to them. So we can move from making three-year working capital loans to making eventually a seven-year renovation loan.
0: Right. That is very, uh, very, very interesting. And to determine risk, you mentioned that is based on the volume that has been sold to you. Uh, You also mentioned a small plot of land is just not enough to qualify. Are there other factors which you use to, uh, to assess risk?
1: Well, at the moment, this basis of transactional data, I would say, is our stronger proxy for the calculation of overall indebtedness capacity. However, the question does come when we really want to lend to farmers where it would take them, let's say, one more year to bring us some coffee because the harvest is a year away. So if we want to lend to them already now, and this is happening in some countries, then we do go in with a full credit assessment where a staff member of ours will go to the farm, they will ask some questions, they will count the trees, and this is the more kind of traditional microfinance approach of calculating indebtedness capacity. So we do try that method as well, but I think that method in general is just a bit too expensive because it entails a farm visit to every single farmer, even if it's just for $50 worth. The visit and the salary of that person and the technology involved, it's all more expensive than any amount that we can ever recover. So I think more like looking towards the future, we need to figure out how to work more with things like this transactional data. So it might be like, There's potential with satellite images or other kind of technology where basically one can assess indebtedness capacity without having to go through a full credit assessment, like a full farm visit, etc.
0: Let's go back to the impact side. You mentioned that you want to reach 300,000 farmers with NKJ Bloom. Two questions, actually. First is, can you elaborate a little bit more on that? What is the impact you want to have on on their livelihood and on on their income? And second is, can you also maybe give an example of what you've seen in the
2: field?
1: Yes. So our theory of change revolves around enabling farmers to run their farms at full potential. So we want to give them the tools they need so that they can maximize their output from their existing plot of land through that basically we're aiming at increasing net income so that farmers can eventually come out of poverty we are not promising let's say to be able to get a certain group of farmers above a specific poverty line because ultimately the coffee price is something that is very hard to predict but we are really looking at productivity increases that are between 50% and 100% and net income increases that are 25% to maybe 200%. This is kind of ballpark figures that we're aiming at. Um, And in terms of, you know, bringing it a bit more tangible. So, There is one farmer that I've been following since we began in Uganda early in 2017. Her name is Hawa Namsoke and she's a woman. In her forties, she was part of our very first cohort of farmers that received a fertilizer loan from us in early 2017 and late in 2018, so about one and a half years later, she was telling us about uh, how her income had increased significantly. She couldn't really give us a number, but it seemed like it was somewhere between 100 and 200 percent increase. So I asked her, "So what? What have you been doing with the extra money that that you're getting now?" And she said, "Well, first, like I've been able to fix my roof so that uh, water doesn't come when it rains, and and this is." we're talking about one of these houses that is, you know, has a dirt floor and a tin roof. And for her, this, you know, it just really lightened up her face that water is not coming in anymore. And and then she also said, and on the other hand as well, with the mobile money loans, which these are mobile money advances that we provide for farmers, for consumption smoothing, for household needs. She said, uh, now that I can get these Uh, mobile money advances, I don't have to go anymore to the middleman when I need to pay for school fees for my kids.
0: And uh, you want to see that many more times, I uh, I guess.
1: Yes, hopefully.
0: Let's go to the financing side and the smallholder livelihoods uh, financing uh, facility, how that was structured. Can you explain your views on how the de-risking finance that IDH provided was important to first is to, to make the deal happen and also enabling Neumann to take take risk on smallholders. So what would you need from IDH or from other funds to co invest and bear the same risk as as the Neumann group?
1: The NKG Smallholder Livelihoods Facility, I've gonna say it it has an idea between us and the Innovative Finance Unit at IDH. So IDH was kind of our anchor investor there from the very beginning. And I think that was really important in getting all the other subsequent conversations started. The first loss guarantee from IDH enabled us to then reach out to the commercial banks who had some appetite to take some risk on smallholder farmers, but this was an appetite that is, of course, limited. So with this first loss guarantee, the banks could come in and take risk themselves in a second loss position in a way that we could all, let's say, split up this risk up to a point where everybody takes enough for their, let's say, risk-return profile Also, with this first loss guarantee from IDH, we were able to approach USAID, who then took a significant chunk of risk as well on the second loss position. And so, ultimately, what what we were able to do is we split up the risk of potential defaults between six different parties. So, basically, IDH, USAID, ABN AMRO, Rabobank, BNP Paribas, and Neumann Cafe Gruppe, so that we can take all this funding and go out and place more loans grow the portfolio of loans in a manner that would have never been possible if we have to absorb the entirety of the risk on our own
0: as you know this transaction has been a blueprint to the farm fit fund which we have just uh, launched we are aiming to do more of these transactions with your colleagues maybe in coffee but also of course in other in other commodities so maybe you have an advice to other value chain actors which also want to start a farmer financing scheme focused at improving uh, farmers lives
2: what is really important is that it's like a long term investment and that there's a long term vision by the key stakeholders within your company that are really not going to want to see the numbers like work out in one, two or three years, but that they're willing to wait like 10 or 15 years to really see the business impact in terms of figures. Um, so really thinking beyond the traditional business cycle. At Neumann Gruppe, we are very happy to have a shareholder who really stands behind it and sees the vision and the impact that have on our business and on the farmers we are doing business with. And also in our export companies to have general managers that are really thinking long term. A second part to it that it needs to be linked to your core business. It's very difficult to do this because it takes a lot of effort. If it's just a side show, you really need to see if this financing is a part that really adds value to your core business. And lastly, it's very well. There's reasons why smallholder farmers are seen, or are considered unbankable in general. There is a lot of um, challenges you have to overcome because some of them are semi-literate, they're um, not necessarily organized, they're very dispersed in rural areas. So it's, you need to invest in like, setting up your operations. The great thing about this is that with technologies, there are many new opportunities coming up, how you can overcome those barriers. Um, so it's really about like kind of piloting, going out there, seeing what works for you, and then also invest in your staff. It's really key. Like we've seen that over and over again. If you have great staff locally, this is what will make it work.
0: Well, thank you very much. And uh, we hope to be your partners in the future for making a smallholder livelihood uh, finance facility uh, work and uh, continue to keep working. It had been uh, very uh, insightful from, uh, from my side. So I want to thank you a lot uh, for making the time to, uh, to talk to us. Well, thanks a lot.
1: Thanks to you and also congratulations on the launch of FarmFit.
0: Oh, thank you. Thank you for listening. For more explanation, I invite you to watch the live stream of the launch of the Fund in Davos via the link in the description or go to our website idhtrade.org to learn more about FarmFit.